Hey, everybody, and welcome to the How Do You Know Andy Brussman podcast, episode number four. I've got as my guest today, Eric Tommy, the directing, uh, director of business development here at Charlestown Holdings. Um, I'm going to ask him a lot of good questions today uh, and uh, go through his college experience and a few other little tidbits, but I thought we'd start with an interesting fact that Eric cut hair in college for money. If I I need a haircut so bad, I might just come down to Charleston and get one. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Bob. And uh, yeah, it's amazing what a useful skill it was and now still is because I can cut my own hair and I don't have to go to the barbershop. It would be dangerous for me to get in a mirror and try to cut my own hair. I think that's a pretty, uh, that's an acquired skill. I've had uh, a few times where walking, you know, later I can feel in the back of my head that it's just a lot longer than everywhere else. I bought but you, you, you don't have to look at it though, right? Yeah, no, do it all by feel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, on top of my head, I can't see it. I think you should set up a barber chair there in the cigar factory and, uh, you know, you could probably make some, some big bucks here for the next couple of weeks. Right. We'll put a tent in the sidewalk. Yeah. yeah give Andy a mohawk. All right. <laughs> or a racing stripe maybe that would be even better that would be good yeah that'd be creative well eric i've you know you and i've been working together a lot so we've gotten to know each other but you know there's a lot of folks out there that haven't had a chance to meet you yet so why don't you talk a little bit about you know growing up and how you ended up going to clemson and uh we'll, we'll start there you're a little bit of a gearhead too mechanical engineering degree yeah. from Clemson. So how did, how did that start? And that, that took me a little while to get to mechanical engineering. I started as computer science. And so I took a trip to Clemson and this was not too long after Jurassic Park had come out and blew my mind that the, the computer animation was making movies. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to Clemson to become a, a computer animator um, because my goal before that was to be an animator for Disney if I wanted to draw at Disney. And so I chose between the design school at NC State or computer science at Clemson. Now you, you've got some art that you do. Uh, I've seen that sort of in, in some of our Zoom calls. So were you sort of an artist growing up? Uh, definitely uh, sketching. And, um, you know, if my uh, choice tools would be um, having – Pen and pencil or graphite and paper. Yeah, I love it. I didn't know that about you. Well, that, that's interesting. So then, so uh, uh, what did you do after you got out of Clemson? And, and then how'd you wind up, uh, you ended up getting a little graduate degree from old school up here in Virginia. Yeah, I know. We're uh, alumni together. How about that? That's right. Um, I, don't, don't hit me up for money, though. I'm All my money's going to Lexington, not Charlottesville. So, Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm kind of biased. A little okay. bit goes to Charlottesville, but not a lot. I support, I support all equally. So, um, yes, so the DARD school at UVA has a couple of different designations for, you know, alumni that give. And I'm a member, I'm a member of the Hickory Club because I give uh. every year. And Hickory was the dog that was in the dean's office that showed up every day. Yeah. It's not a lot, but I uh, do every year. Uh, okay. But then one year I had, a, uh, two, I guess, three years out of uh, grad school. The company I was working for did a two-for-one match 
on donations uh, to nonprofits, like a, a foundation, like a school. So I gave my small amount, but because of their two for one match, I, I hit some threshold as like a, a, a high level giver. So I got some special lapel pin. I got a call the next year asking that I should give some amount that I've never given to any organization then or since. And so I, well, I had to break their hearts that I'm not that level of um, supporter. Uh, but so in Clemson, uh, I found my way into mechanical engineering after uh, computer science wasn't going to work out for me. Um, Co-ops at the time and uh, looked for opportunities to get a lot of experience in a manufacturing company. And so the, the company I went to work for was Cutler Hammer as part of Eaton. And now it was Eaton Electrical. Um, had this program that was, uh, I think, had started at Westinghouse called the EMPDP. It was Engineering Manufacturing Professional Development Program. And the idea is you rotate through multiple locations and multiple assignments so you get to see a lot of different uh, operations roles in a short period of time. And I wasn't quite sure exactly what I wanted to do at engineering. And I was considering sales roles as well. So I thought this idea of a rotation assignment was perfect. And so I moved to Tennessee and uh, did some standard kind of like lean and Six Sigma type uh, projects, uh, supervised the second shift um, assembly line. And so a year out of college, you know, everybody would go home and me and one other guy would stick around and we'd supervise everybody. Through yep, the night. I got put on the night shift the week after I got married. So I was, oh, you know, that was, that was punishment. At home. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it was an amazing experience of, um, uh, trying to manage and, you know, I had to do annual re you know, reports with the, you know, uh, my, the people I was supervising, you know, how were they doing? And I'm telling people that are much more tenured and senior than I am, um, how I thought they were doing and getting some of their feedback on my feedback was very educational, good learning experience. But anyway, so I rotated around, went to Tennessee, I went to Puerto Rico, did forecasting and supply chain work, went to sales in Richmond, Virginia. And so thankfully I was in Virginia um, and had been considering a business school uh, for a long time to try to take a, a career switch and was in state to go to UVA. Good. So uh, uh, you're also sort of a venture guy. I mean, you've been involved with Venture South. Uh, I don't know what Death Valley Enterprises is. I know a little bit about SCORE. Um, yeah. how, did, how did you get into the, the venture field when you got down to Charleston? So I've been in Charleston for a little over 10 years, uh, moved here from New York and had the job I was doing there remotely until uh, they wanted me back in New York. And I said, no, thank you. I am staying in Charleston. And at that point, it was trying to look for what's next. Um, talked to a lot of uh, small Are you a Charleston native or a South Carolina native? South Carolina native. Yeah. Where did you, you grow up, though, in South Carolina? Well, so I, I grew up all over. My dad worked with DuPont. And so as he went to different DuPont facilities, we right. spent two to three years. But then we landed in Aiken, South Carolina, while I was in sixth grade. And that's where my parents still are. I so Aiken's you. home. Okay. Yeah. So it's about two and a half hours away. So to move back to the southeast, you know, being a, a wonderful place like Charleston, wasn't going to leave. Wanted to take all these lear learning lessons from really big companies and apply them to a small company where I could get, you know, um, roll my sleeves up and really help. Um, but this was, you know, pretty soon after the downturn in 08 uh, for the housing crisis. So not a lot of small companies with a lot of money to hire. Um, 
And so I got my ego on my shoulder to say, I'll do it myself and start or buy a company. So through Death Valley Ventures, that's where I, I purchased a company, Full Boat, made manufactured folding kayaks. And it was a long-running company. had been around for 70, 70-some years, 75 years when I took it over. Um, and it was what, a turnaround what, what is a folding so, kayak? I'm, I, I'm not even sure I've seen one. Um, well, there goes my, my marketing efforts of trying. I, I did my best to get the word out. It's a skin-on-frame folding kayak, so a lot like a tent. The inside poles would telescope together. Um, they would uh, clip in around ribs to form sort of a skeleton of the kayak. Right. And it would flip inside of a fabric skin, and the skin would zipper up and then tension from the inside. Does that allow you to backpack it or something? Yes. So it's uh, highly portable, very lightweight. Um, you can keep it in the trunk of your car or in a backpack. Um, and so it's it's got the ease of that. And then it's, because it's lightweight and it has a stiff frame, it's still a high-performance paddling kayak. Wow. So you can take a hard edge on it. and um, it, it was a ton of fun. Uh, such a cool idea and concept. A great company with a great brand for the people that knew of it. Um, just uh, the markets had changed. Looking back, there were a lot of red flags that I ignored getting into it. Um, we'll chalk it up as a great lesson. learning experience, right? Completely. Uh, I learned a lot and uh, had a great time and um, had a great team there. Uh, but eventually, as I was um, shutting that down and looking for what's next, I uh, had a job for a little while but wanted to be more entrepreneurial and reconnected with um, a friend, Matt Dunbar, who had started Venture South with the UCAN group in Greenville, Upstate Carolina Angel Network. And he was looking for someone else to expand uh, the Charleston group for Venture South. I said, hey, I, th I think I know a guy. Yeah. Me. Have you all got some portfolio companies now that are in that? In that? So Venture South has been around um, for over 12 years, has invested in over 75 companies, mm -hmm. uh, more than $40 million into these companies. Um, and then over the last few years, hit banner banner years every single year as far as number of investments, dollars invested, number of members. So it's a, it's a membership group, Angel Network. So investors join as members. Uh, we help to facilitate deal flow and bring them uh, vetted early stage startups, a lot of the tech scene, some in healthcare and life sciences. And uh, they uh, help do due diligence. So we help quarterback that process or managing directors do and utilize the members to perform due diligence and make um, investment decisions. What is what is game day Blazers? Uh, so as a Clemson fan, um, I had a couple of different orange sports coats, blazers, like to wear as a, right. my formal wear out of college, and neither of them quite fit very well or were the right color orange. Uh -huh. so I did some internet searching to try to find um, colored blazers I could wear for game day. And I couldn't find it. So I said, aha, I will create this. I'll have the portal for all sorts of colorful blazers people could wear to tailgates. And um, found a supplier in Tennessee that already had a lot of different colors. But their color wasn't, uh, the orange wasn't quite right for Clemson. Um, and so I went through all these uh, hurdles to try to find exactly the right color. I kind had contacts at Clemson that would, um, tell me what color orange was truly like marketing approved. This is the right color orange. Right. 
and made a blazer like that. And then as I wore it around Clemson, it would basically blind people. It was such a bright color orange. <laughs> you can, you and, can go hunting with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's perfect for a jersey on a field, but that's different than wearing uh, <laughs> Wear a, a blazer. Coat. Maybe you should have gone it's, with the purple. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But, yeah, I, I yelled at all my Clemson fans because I, I worked so hard to get the right color for them. And then when I did, they said, oh, it's too orange. So it was a, that was a missed opportunity, but uh, a lot of fun. It's just interesting kind of building up a, a – company from scratch and figuring out social media marketing and building a supply chain myself. That's good. So, um, you're a fairly newlywed, uh, I see a picture of you and I can't even say this right. Machu Picchu. Did you climb Machu Picchu with your wife? I did. My wife about a year and a half ago, end of 2018 for Thanksgiving that year. We were on Machu Picchu. Uh, Now tell me about that. Is how I've, I think I'm, I have a sister-in-law that's been there, but, uh, you know, what's the experience? It is incredible. Um, and thankfully I've gotten a chance to do some pretty cool travels, but Machu Picchu has a special energy about it. It's a very cool experience. Um, going through Cusco and some of the areas where, uh, the Incan people had for long periods of time built and developed like really sophisticated, uh, civilizations on the top of mountains. I mean, literally on the top of mountains with... What's the um, elevation? It's like pretty high. 10,000 feet. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. I typically don't have any issues with like altitude sickness, but our first day there, some of the higher levels, just walking around and I'd have to pause and catch my breath. It was, it was high. Um, you go up there too fast, you can get sick, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Pretty, it's pretty rough. Yeah. Well, so, so how'd you get connected with Andy Brussman? You know, that's a, I always try to tie this thing into the, how do you know Andy Brussman since that's the title right. of the podcast. Right. Well, it's funny kind of, I, I had to go back and look it up. Um, and I think it was Steve Warner as he was with the CRDA, the Charleston Regional Development Alliance. Uh, he connected us. Um, and, but, but, you know, Andy's an Uber networker. Um, Steve Warner, who's the guy who connected us, is an Uber networker. And I, I try to do a lot of networking myself. So he's kind of one of those guys that seems like I've just known him for forever. You know, mm-hmm. kind of just always sort of been in the same circuit. You don't remember the – I don't remember the first time I met him. You know, it was like it's been yeah. that long ago. But anyway, yeah. so so in, in closing, this is, you know, uh, 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 you know, Red Sox, Yankees, or, you know, who cares, right? where where do you fall on this yeah Uh, gives you the opportunity to give a poke to the red yankees fans and you know in charleston i'll poke both of them yeah sure right yeah the short answer is who cares i'm growing up in the southeast right go braves um though i got to you know i was only in new york for three years but while i was there the yankees won the world series and the giants won the super bowl and that was pretty fun to just to see that. And I remember the day the Yankees had a, their pennant parade and um, just the fans to see so many dads with their little sons, you know, walking back and forth to that and pinstripes. So uh, I kind of got a glimpse of like what that was all about, but I'm not going to claim that I'm a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, it, it appreciate you doing this. I hope, I'm sure everybody will enjoy learning a little bit more about you, Eric. That's Eric Tommy, Director of Business Development. He's in our Charleston office. And hey, thanks for putting up with me today. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate the time.